God is doing a very special thing through this series. He wants to touch your life. He wants to touch marriages. He wants to restore lives. He wants to heal. He wants to fill. He wants to do what he does. And so I'm, I'm so thankful for his, his presence today. Uh, as we dive into this series, it's called The Promise, and The Promise is called The Promise because we're talking about the Holy Spirit, who is the promise. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem on the promise, and that's why it's called The Promise. The series is birthed out of you ask for it from Easter. At Easter, we say, hey, if you want to hear a sermon, put the sermon out there. There were so many people desiring to hear about the Holy Spirit that it was like, wow, we're just going to do a series on the Holy Spirit instead of trying to talk about the Holy Spirit in one sermon. So that's what this is all about. Before I go any further, just a, a quick update. We're supposed to close this uh, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, the 9th. What, 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 what is the 9th on? Yeah, we're supposed to close on a new campus on the 9th over in Post Falls. So we're super excited about that. How many of you walked on the 33-mile crosswalk yesterday? If you did, would you stand to your feet? Most of them were here last night. I get it. Hey, this family right here, man... They walk with their four kids. I think that you should give them a, four kids, the whole family, 33 miles. Come on, somebody. Thank you, everyone who participated. Is anybody else sore in their lower back like me? I like woke up this morning going, what is going on? I only walked about 12 miles, but um, walking at 4.12 in the morning is different. We're doing our first devotion, and it's still kind of like dark. And so, but we had a wonderful, wonderful time. Six people water baptized down at Independence Point. One man surrendered his life to Christ. And so we're about our father's business. And it may be blessing of the bike. It may be toting the cross for 33 miles. It may be revive. It may be youth camp, whatever it may be. We just do it all for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. In 1969, there was a, 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 a group called Earth, Wind, and Fire. And anybody remember Earth, Wind, and Fire? Well, today I want to talk to you about water, wind, power, and fire. So last week, if you didn't hear uh, uh, Seth's sermon, I really encourage you to get that. It was very impactful. It was the kickoff of the series on the promise, the Holy Spirit. And some of you coming out of traditional denominational backgrounds, you're going to be challenged, <laughs> pressed, leaned into. Um, just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do in and through this series because we need the Holy Spirit. One question that was asked during you asked for it, it was, this was asked, what is the difference between water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And there, there are definitely two different disciplines, spiritual disciplines that we practice. And I want to share with you scripturally what is the difference between those two. Let's talk about Jesus' water baptism. 
He was baptized. You see the triune of God right there in that moment. God the Father speaking to his son. This is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. I love that because that's our, our position as, as sons and daughters. Before we do anything, God says he's well pleased with you. He loves you the way that you are. Now, he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. If you ever think that I'm a, I, I've arrived, you're deceived. Unless you become just like Jesus, and I haven't seen that yet. But we're all about being changed from glory to glory to glory. Come on, we're, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so you see God speaking. You see Jesus coming out of the water. If he was coming out of the water, that means that he was in the water, right? So I'm not going to do a little sprinkle on you. We're going to baptize you, right? You see, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so that word water baptism, that word baptism in the Greek is baptizio, and it means to immerse, it means to submerge, it means to overwhelm. I mean, Jesus came out soaking wet, baptized in water. Matthew 3.11, uh, my brother here is going to help us with this today. He has one of the greatest voices in the church. Thank you, brother. Two baptisms, two different people. Okay, John the Baptist was baptizing in water and repentance, and he speaks of Jesus, who's about to come. He's not worthy to even carry his sandals, and he says he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We're going to talk about those today, the Holy Spirit and fire. That word baptism, baptismo, is the same word for baptism of water and baptism of of Holy Spirit. It's important that you know that. Baptism of the Spirit. To be immersed, submerged, whelmed with the Spirit. It's, it's like Jesus takes you. Let's, let's say just for a moment you are a white t-shirt. Jesus takes you and dips you in red dye. And all of a sudden, you're not white anymore. You're red. You've been immersed into the spirit. You've been dyed. It's part of you. It's in you. He's about you. You're all about you. You're, you're changed for life because of the Holy Spirit. These two different things are very different, even though they're both beautiful, but don't mix the two up. Water baptism. I've, I've heard people, for some reason, I say, you've been spirit baptized. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was water baptized by the lake. I'm like, did you not, can you not understand English? I said, baptism of the spirit. Now, can all this happen at one time? Absolutely. You can be saved, born again, baptized in water, baptized in the spirit, just like boom, 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 boom. I know a young man in the church, just a great young man. He got born again a few weeks ago, and then he was baptizing water at the lake, and then last week he was baptizing the Holy Spirit, right? So it's amazing what God can do and will do, but understand there's a difference involved. I, I reached out to my pastor. I said, Pastor Bob, give me your best. He's a great theologian. Give me your best thoughts 
on baptism of spirit, baptism of water. And he said this, baptism means, speaking of any baptism, means immerse, completely plunged. In water baptism, we identify with Jesus' death in that we die to sin and our old life in the act of burial. So when you go down in the water, you go down in the tomb of Jesus, and like Jesus came out different, you, came, you come out different in the newness of Jesus Christ. In spirit baptism, we are soaked and plunged into the fullness of spirit. So many times people in life, Christianity, wonderful churchgoers, disciples, discipline, but they're missing something because they've not been emerged. They've not been emerged. They have not been plunged, overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say the fullness of the Spirit presence to live out our faith in holiness and empowered and graced for the service and mission. If you, if you remember Acts 1.8, and you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses of me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That is martyr. That witness is martyr. You'll be martyr. So it's a, it's a powerful thing what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I plan to discuss some of these questions from that time during this series because this is why the series was birthed. But don't get confused between the two baptisms. So I said, Holy Spirit, since you are my very best friend, he's been my best friend for many, many, many years. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1988. I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say this morning? I mean, I'm talking about you. It's all about you. This is a series on you. What do you want to say? What The one who never leaves me, the one that's in my heart, the one that's in my mind, the one that's in my gut, my chest. I'm your temple what do you want to say? God the Father on the throne, Jesus on the right hand of the Father, and now the Holy Spirit who's with us right here. What do you want to say? And I was led to this scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Paul is bringing a conclusion to this book. And look what he says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. I thought, wow, how beautiful. We see the triune God again. If you look for the triune God, you'll see it throughout the all over the Bible. But right here we see the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus, God the Son, and the love of God, God the Father. And look, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul wanted you to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That, that fellowship, that word is koinia, Greek word. Say that with me, koinia. He wants you to have koinia with the Holy Spirit. This is not just like, hey, goodbye, good riddance. No, I want you to have koinia, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Koinia, partnership, that's what that word means. Partnership it means participation. It's so intimate, it means intercourse. He wants you to have a relationship, benefactor, communicate, communion, distribution, fellowship. He wants you to have a, a partnership with the Holy Spirit. 
Listen to the NLT, if you would read that for me. May the grace, the charis, may the love of, the, of God the Father, the agape, and may the fellowship, the koinia of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God's really into you having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit does not want to be ignored any longer under the, 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 the title of your denomination. Under your religious religiosity, under tradition, however you were raised. I don't care how you were raised. Let's go to the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before living or let's see what the Bible says. Not your denomination, not your religiosity, not your tradition. The traditions of man, the Bible says, makes the word of God of no effect. So you can be a good little churchgoer, a disciple, discipline. That's only going to take you so far. We need the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives. Flowing, blowing, glowing through my life. The power of the Holy Spirit. So don't deconstruct God's word with according to what you've experienced. Well, this is just what I've experienced, J.O. Well, who cares? I want to experience the fullness of what the Bible speaks. That's what I want my faith to be like. Well, it's always been this way. Jo, I just haven't seen the power of God. I, I think the, the power of God, I think they all died with the apostles. Well, what a bunch of bull. Greater works will you do. Greater works will you do. It's better that I go and the Holy Spirit come. It's what Jesus said. We need the Holy Spirit. He's not the it in the Munster family. He's the person of God. Joe, 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 I've seen some very weird people around the Holy Spirit. Well, you've seen weird people. I'm sorry that you've seen weird people and you attach it to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Miss Mary may be weird. Mr. Smith may be weird. You may be, have been in some weird uh, uh, gatherings before. I've seen some weirdness in church, but don't blame it on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is awesome. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the living God. If anyone's not weird, it is the spirit of God. You may be weird, but he's not. The Bible classifies or speaks of or names the Holy Spirit in different fashions. I think it has to do with just kind of how he rolls. And one of the things that the Bible calls the Holy Spirit is he's living water. If anyone thirst, let him come to me. Yeah. And drink. drink. This is not your normal H2O bottled water. Come on, somebody. Wow. Wow. Sorry, brother. 
See, the Holy Spirit's been around since the beginning of time, since Genesis. But there has been, there has definitely been different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There is different levels of the presence of God. There is the omnipresence of God. Wherever you go, God is there. If I'm elk hunting on top of my mountain, God's there. The principal presence of God. If two or more are gathered, He's there. But there is this thing called the manifested presence of God. It's like, whoo, whoo, wow. God is in this place. And it is awesome. So there's different levels. There's different dimensions of the Holy Spirit. But he's living water, and you want that living water flowing in and through you. We, ha- we use this word prophecy. Another word that's not weird, huh, Kim? Not weird at all. We have some prophecies. My wife's a prophetess. Kim's a prophet. There's people, there's prophets here. It's not weird. What happens all of a sudden, that living water begins to spring forth. It bubbles up. People begin to prophesy the word of the Lord. And lives are changed. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, miracles are taking place. And all of a sudden, it's because of a springing forth of the living water that's inside of them. It's the way it should be. Instead of just like frozen chosen. He's the living water that wants to bubble forth, not in a couple of people, but in every one of it. This world needs the living water. I mean, you go to the store, there's 22 different bottles of water. It will only last you a little while. But there's a living water that will never run dry when you tap into that living water. The living water, the springing forth of the Holy Spirit. He's the living water. He's the wind of God. Genesis 1, 2, the Spirit of God, the, the wind, the Ruah, the Ruah over the waters, over the earth, the Ruah. That wind wants to blow inside of you. That wind wants to blow in and through you. That wind wants to blow over you. That wind wants to blow through your life. The wind of the living God, the Spirit of God, He's the wind, He's the water. And he's the wind. But he's also the power. That power is dynamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. It is a force. It's miraculous Power. It is it's violent at times. It's mighty. Uh, back in probably my college days, I had different jobs through college. Some of you know what I'm talking about. We laid water line, hundreds, hundreds of miles of water line through the country. And all of a sudden, we would come across an area that was solid rock. Couldn't backhoe it out. Couldn't trench it out. We had to blast it out. That was fun. 
I'm sure none of us was dynamite majors. But we'd get in that rock. There's the huge rock right in our way. Can't go around it. We would drill holes through the rock. And then, hey, let's put two sticks in. No, let's put three sticks in. Let's put four sticks in. Holes. Pack them down. Put gravel in it. Pack it tight. Pack them tight. Now the rock is full of dynamite. And all of a sudden, you run a a wire, a long wire. Long wire away from the dynamite. And it's like, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's going ha- it's to blow. And all of a sudden, we just touch that wire off on the starter of the backhoe. And, oh, man, it looked like the atomic bomb sometimes. Dynamite. You need the power of God flowing through your life. It's not the power of God for you to say, oh, I got the power. I got the power. It's not about that. Simon the sorcerer wanted to buy the power. Oh, I just, can I buy the power? And man, did he get, ever get rebuked and blinded? He was blinded for a few days because it's power on purpose. It's power for the purpose of God working through your life. It's not to show off. It's not to say, I got power. It's not because, hey, I can touch this and be special drinking water and you buy it and all of a sudden you drink, you'll be healed. No, no, no. It's the power of God. God wants to heal through you. God wants to de- uh, uh, set people free through you. He wants, to set, he wants you to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He wants you to speak into their life and they're set free of demons. He wants you to give a word to that marriage right there and their marriage is changed. It's been whacked up. It's been jacked up and all of a sudden you give them a word and it's like wow their their marriage is is transformed because you carry the power of the Holy Spirit it's the anointing listen it's the anointing of God that breaks the yoke God's presence is power when you carry that anointing it changes people's lives. You're a world changer on purpose. You go and preach the gospel like some did yesterday, and lives are changed forever. Someone preached the gospel to me. My life was changed. Someone preached the gospel to my wife. Her life was changed. I'm so glad someone preached the gospel to me. It wasn't just any news. It was the good news. It was the best news. It was the greatest news on the face of the earth because it's back with the kingdom of God. It is a powerful news. That Holy Spirit wants to dwell inside of you. He wants you to be merged in Him, full of Him, dwelled inside of you, dynamite. Say that with me, dynamite. Cast out demons, loving people. Listen, He is power. He's also fire. Fire is a powerful thing. I'm not talking about the fire that, you know, caught fire over in Hayden Creek or over in Post Falls and thank God for the rain here this morning, so forth and so on. But God wants there to be a fire inside of you. A powerful, powerful. The Bible says that God is a all-consuming fire. You make him out to be hokey pokey or something, and just like Mr. Rogers. No, 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 I like Mr. Rogers. I'm not going to do that. 
try to kind of put God in some kind of crazy box. And he's a consuming wildfire. And the Holy Spirit is fire. When he says, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, what does that mean? Fire means, has a lot to do with his presence. Like all of a sudden, Moses is in the middle of nowhere, and there is a bush that doesn't burn up, and God says, hey, take off your shoes. Kick those sandals off, Mo. Because you're on holy ground. I mean, is it because the dirt's holy? No, it's because of God's presence. God is there. His presence is fire. It's power. It's life-changing. The presence, the fire of God. And all of a sudden, we see, we see there's a pillar of fire that leads them all out of Egypt, all over the wilderness, everywhere. What does it represent? It's the presence of God. And then they're waiting on the promise. <laughs> Guess what it's marked with? Tongues of fire. presence. Matter of fact, I, I want to read a little bit of that. Let's turn to Second uh, Acts 2, 1 through 4. Last week, Radine and I was getting ready to go on the uh, blessing of the bike, which we had an incredible blessing of the bike. Is Gabe here? God bless you, Gabe. It was the smoothest blessing of the bike we've ever been on because I wasn't leading it any longer. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it was amazing. We had 70 bikers, about 100 people, and uh, wow, it was amazing. The lady in the red beside you, Gabe, hi, what's your name? Melissa. Melissa. Hey, Melissa, God wants to do something so wonderful and new in your heart and in your life. Hey, I know a little bit of your story, but all of a sudden, the Lord began to speak this to me new. He wants to do something new. All things has passed away. Behold, he wants to do something new. He wants to do something new in your heart. He wants you to know that your life is not over. He has new plans for you. He has a new future for you. There's an old saying that I like to use. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. Listen to me. God God is doing something new in your heart, your life. He has a great plan for your future. You've had some bumps. Yeah, you've had some bruises, but God has a great plan for your life. He wants to come inside of your life and change, turn it upside down and give you a new life. I just see Listen, look, look, I see new over your life. New. This is a new day for you. He makes all things new. Do you receive that? New. Hey, amen. New. New. Acts 2, 1 through 4. A wind. The house. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That must be a mistake. God doesn't fill Presbyterians. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All were filled? Baptists? Methodists? Catholics? Hey, it has nothing to do with those denominations. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We're the one that jacked that all up with denominations and splintering off and what have you. This is the New Testament church, and they were all filled. The problem you have a lot of times is your upbringing and what you've experienced, and you try to go, well, this is my experience. This is, what the, this is how the Bible is, and it's not how the Bible is. God wants you to be filled all of you filled with the Holy Spirit. Nazarene, you name it, Church of God, whatever your background is, I don't care denominationally, religiosity, God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I'm Jack and Robert all up. Thank you, Robert. Wow. One thing that you'll find constantly when people filled with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, do a research. Rightly divide the word of God. When you see someone filled with the Holy Spirit, two things typically took place. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Not all the time prophecy. Most of the time prophecy. Almost all the time they spoke in tongues. Well, J.L., that just sounds weird to me. Well, I'm sorry that you think it's weird, but it's not weird. You might be the one that's weird because this is the Bible and God wants you to be filled and experience all that he has for you. I used to think it was strange. I was born, in a, born again in a, 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 a denomination that did not practice this. Two years later, after I got uh, uh, absolutely born again, two years later I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Change my life forever. Ruined my life in a good way. Let's look at this for a minute. They're waiting on the promise. They don't really know what the promise is going to look like. They're just being obedient to God. Wait. You'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's 120 of them in the room just waiting. Just simply waiting, praying, seeking God's face, waiting on the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, wind filled the house. So the Holy Spirit can fill a building can fill a, a room, can fill a house. And then before you know it, there's cloven tongues of fire that's resting on each one of them. What did it exactly look like? I don't know exactly what it looked like, but cloven means split, and they were like fire. Both the wind and the fire representing the presence of God is in that place. Cloven is split tongue. I personally believe it represents the two tongues that the New Testament speaks of very clearly. If you look in 1 Corinthians, there is a tongue that in a corporate setting like this has to be interpreted. If it's not, then it does get weird. Because no one's encouraged. Okay? Can things around the Holy Spirit look very unique? Oh, yeah. Acts 2, they thought after the Holy Spirit blew up on them, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. People looking in like, gosh, those guys, man, what's they've been drinking wine at 9 a.m., yo. <laughs> it, can look, it can look strange. It can look different. Okay? Even people on the outside looking in. Wow, 
So yes, it can look different, but it doesn't mean that it's weird. Okay? And then there is a tongue that is not to be interpreted. You don't know what it is. No one understands what it is. And it builds and edifies your spirit, man. Builds you up. And believe me, you need that. I need that. We all need that. I know how to build up my own personal life a little bit, my own personal body. Uh, yesterday, we're on like maybe mile 10, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna, I need some protein bars. And I started eating a couple protein bars. Why? Because I'm burning calories, and I'm walking 12 miles, and this is a long ways for me, and I'm, I'm drinking some Zip Fizz, and I'm like, I got to keep my body going. Right? We know how to build up our physical body, add energy to it, go to the gym, Resist training. Know how to build. But how do you build up your spiritual man? Some of you have suffered in here with depression and all kind of mental attacks of the enemy. Your, 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 your children, your family, your marriages. You don't know how to do warfare because you've left the Holy Spirit out of your life. He's the game changer. He's the one that anoints. He's the one that counsels. He leads you. He fills you. He guides you. He's the man. The Holy Spirit. So I want you to listen to a couple of scripture when it talks about you being built up in your spirit, man. See, your disciplines, well, I'm just a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, hallelujah, I am too. I have disciplines. Pray, fast. Read the word, devotions, worship. But you know what? Your disciplines will only carry you so far. You know why? Because you're only strong enough. You're only human. You can only go so far. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. This power from heaven of the kingdom of God. You need him flowing through your life. See, when you birth something of the flesh, you have to maintain it. But if you birth it of the Spirit, he maintains it for you. He'll fight for you. He'll be your strength. Would you read those? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. No one understands. He speaks mysteries. Go ahead and read that next one. Jude verse 20. For yes. you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Building your faith up. There's a story called Babel. How many of you remember the story of in Genesis Babel? We always say, God is not the author of confusion. I get it. But God can do whatever the heck he wants to do. And in the day of Babel in Genesis, all of a sudden, they, th they thought that they were all that. We're going to build a tower. We're going to go up into the heavens. And God's like, well, I'll, I'll put a little check to that. I'm going to confuse this mess. I'm going to confuse the language. It's exactly what God does. He comes and confuses the language. Why did he confuse the language? Because this is what he knew the power of unity. When we're walking in unity, church, when we're walking as one, wow, it's powerful. He knew what was going on. And this is what he says. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Why? Because they're walking in unity. So he confuses the language in Babel. Guess what he does in Acts 2? He restores the language. Why? 
because now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. He knows the power. And it's very unique when they heard them speak. Was the miracle, was the miraculous situation, was it because the tongue came out and it was because of the language or was it because of the hearing of the people? You should look at that. Because they heard them in their own language. There's a lot of mysteries that we don't understand. But there's some things that we absolutely know about is that the Holy Spirit is here to fill you on this day, August, what, 6th, 2023. And don't be like Stephen when he spoke to them and said, you stiff-necked, always resisting who? The Holy Spirit. Spirit, one who was filled with wisdom, faith, and the Holy Spirit. With closing today, Ezekiel, it's a beautiful story about bones. It's about prophecy. It's about wind. It's about the Holy Spirit. Listen to the story about Ezekiel and what God had him do in the area of supernatural gifts before the New Testament. Look what takes place, Ezekiel 37, 4 through 5. Prophesy! Prophesy! You don't believe in prophecy? Bible says, hey, we should all prophesy. Go ahead, Robert. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. The Ruah of God to enter into these bones. The church today needs to be more than a nice-looking, dressed-up group of cool-looking bones. Making some noise and rattling around. These bones got sinews put on them. These bones got flesh. Uh, they, 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 they had a sound. A sound took place. They rattled around a little bit, but there was no ruah in them. There was no breath in them. You can have flesh and bones, birth out of the flesh. You can make some noise, rattle around, do some religious things, be disciplined, all those things. You, you can have a lot of church going on without the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, are you born again without being filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Would you go to heaven? Absolutely. But why would you ever want to do this Christian journey without the Holy Spirit, without the Ruah, without the fire, without the wind, without the living water. Why would you want to do life without the Holy Spirit? Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, wow. son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, mm. O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. Wow. They stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Wow. Prophesy to the winds. Prophesy to the breath, the ruah, that it be blowed inside of us. It looks like you can be a rack of bones, making some noise, you can do life without the Holy Spirit. 
But God doesn't want you to do life without the Holy Spirit. You need it in your marriage. You need him in your children. You need him in your business. You need him in every aspect of your life. Why bones when you can be an exceedingly great army? Why bones when you can be armed and dangerous? Lethal weapons against the kingdom of dark. Why just bones when you can have the breath of God? The river of God blowing in your heart and your life. A lot of people are confused these days with different things. Like identity confusion. And I'm thinking, really, honestly, what is, what is missing when it comes to certain things that we deal with in life? Identity confusion. What is missing? I'm going to tell you right now what's missing. The Holy Spirit is missing. The Holy Spirit is missing. You're not going to be confused with the spirit of truth resonating in your life. All of a sudden, you're bound in depression, oppressed, possessed by the devil. Who's missing? The Holy Spirit's missing. All of a sudden, you, you, you're just overwhelmed with addiction, lust, or greed. What's lacking? The Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, you're bound in fear. Who's missing? Easy. For God did not give you a spirit. Spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Not from God. You're lacking the Holy Spirit who gives you power, love, and sound mind. In just a few minutes, I'm going to have altar workers come up. And make no mistake. Make no mistake, will not apologize because you were raised a certain way and you try to rip pages out of the Bible, remove verses out of the Bible. Make no mistake, we will pray for anyone here that desires to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times that looks like the laying on hands and you just receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit.